0: And when they're distributed, you can start making money from your podcast right away, no minimum listenership, start getting that Anchor money. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm right now to get started. Now, the Schooner Pod. Hello and welcome to the early signing day edition of the Schooner Pod. I am your host Bobby Howard here with the man in the corner himself, Jamison Maxwell. Jamison, it's been one hell of a day. Uh, tell us how. T- t- just, just walk us through how the Sooners have done.
1: Uh, we've done awesome. This was very worthy of an emergency pod. And hell, it's all, it's seven twelve right now. Still on early signing day. Lincoln alluded that he is not done. That there's still more surprises to come. So who knows if more comes either tomorrow or later tonight. But all yeah, in all, well, everything pretty much went our way except for just a couple minor things.
0: Of course. And, you know, there, there will always be setbacks when you talk about recruiting. You can't get everyone that you want. But in general today, I thought, I thought we got some pretty big pieces. Um, we'll talk about a little bit more of the news, some of the bigger stuff, especially talking about uh, this the – rumors about Justin Fields, uh, the, the Georgia quarterback transfer, and uh, Jordan Jaden Hazelwood, the number one receiving recruit in the country. We'll get to that a little later in the pod, but for now let's take a little bit of a dive into uh, this New Wave 19, 2019 class, uh, who we have so far. Obviously, I think you look at it and you have to say that kind of the head of this class, the leader of the class, is uh, probably Spencer Radler.
1: Oh, yeah, and especially with this whole Justin Fields talk, This Spencer Rattler did sign today, but he is not enrolling early. He wants to finish off his high school career, so uh, do not expect him to be kind of a guy making a move for starting quarterback as a freshman next year. Um, Typically, when quarterbacks come in late, there's a lot of catching up to do. This could be a really good year for him to redshirt, especially if Fields does come in. We'll get more into the details of Fields later. But it'd be really nice. if Fields got em- eligibility immediately. Spencer Rattler took a red shirt and then could kind of get the starting job once she's a red shirt sophomore, which is a perfect time to start as a quarterback.
0: Agreed, and I, I think I think Rattler is pretty good. And I think you know if, if OU's uh, quarterback room wasn't as stacked as it was, that you know, hey, why not stick him in there? But with awesome Kendall and potentially having Justice just, uh, Justin Fields in there, they're just. You, if you can make the guy wait, you know, give him some time to develop, you definitely take that every day.
1: And he's not going to be a bad attitude guy who's going to be upset and not playing immediately. For y'all who don't really pay attention close to recruiting too much, Spencer Rattler is a guy that we've had committed for almost like three years now. He is an OU diehard. He's from Arizona, but like he wears his OU uh, visor everywhere he goes. He was big in recruiting other people to this class and probably a big reason you got people like Theo Weiss to commit um, around that uh, spring game last year. But uh, all in all, he's a great attitude guy, number one quarterback in the class. Some people call him a dual threat. Some people call him a pro style. All it is is he's got skill. And the last five-star quarterback we played with was Kyler Murray, and he won a Heisman. And then the, the last quarterback before that was a nothing, and he won a Heisman. So it doesn't really matter what kind of quarterback you are in this OU system.
0: Oh, for sure, and I think the development of quarterbacks that Lincoln Riley has—I I mean, just look at some of the projects he's had. Uh, Baker Mayfield, obviously, was powered by a lot of heart, but the guy—the guy was clearly not the player that he turned out to be when he got to Lincoln. When he, once he got to Lincoln Riley, completely changed him from his freshman year at uh, Texas Tech. The guy, the guy, the guy developed quarterbacks, and I think. As good as Rattler is, he would benefit by, you know, taking off a year, relaxing, you know, learning the system, getting, you know, used to playing, you know. It's always hard to be a true freshman at quarterback. That's the hardest position in general.
1: Yeah. uh, To just take up. Yeah, you see Trevor Lawrence doing it right now. Sorry to interrupt you, but like Trevor Lawrence is doing it right now. And they're like, oh, yeah, look at him. He's doing really well as a true freshman quarterback. But that guy was a -a once-in-a-lifetime, like once-in-a-generation kind of player coming out of high school. It's very, very difficult to do, and it's what you see with Justin Fields in Georgia. They did not put him out there as a true freshman, even though he's ranked at the 8th best recruit since they started following recruits of all time. So Jeez. so we understand that we're getting this five-star quarterback, and we want to keep on producing stellar quarterback play, but do not expect Spencer Raller to come in early and quick, because Lincoln, that's just not his style.
0: No, not not at all, and... It'll it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because we haven't had the last time we had a true freshman quarterback was uh, Trevor Knight actually, which is pretty crazy and, to think and, about.
1: And it's like that was kind of we had to, you know. Uh, now we, I mean, we have such a great arsenal of quarterbacks. Uh, AK is just like he's going to be a good guy to step in if everything doesn't really work out next year, and we have him at the quarterback. We should be very happy. He knows this offense better than anyone. He's played under Lincoln the whole time he's been here. And he's been waiting for this moment. And also Mordecai's a really good quarterback, really undervalued kind of guy, and he could really step in and create some havoc in this quarterback battle.
0: But yeah, who, I, yeah, oh, sorry, go for I it. Go
1: now. You go for it.
0: It's, we're, do, we're doing this via uh, via Skype, so it's always hard to pick up cues here and there. But um, yeah, Mordecai—he's—he's he's a guy a lot of people slept on, but it was a he—he he was really, really uh, liked last year. Like going into going into uh, signing day. It seemed like Lincoln was pretty pumped about about signing this guy. This is a Mordecai was a guy that O.U. was really high on, so it's gonna be interesting to see how he how he fares in the quarterback battle. But
1: Yeah, um, but for other uh people who are looking to have uh for these freshmen that are gonna have impacts next year, definitely you're gonna have to look at Theo Weiss and Trajan Bridges, the guys that just signed today. These are both five star wide receivers. If y'all do not know, Theo East being from Allen. Oklahoma is an Allen pipeline for all y'all know who people are from Allen on Oklahoma. You have Lee Morris and Kyler Murray and Bobby Evans. And in this class, yeah. we got two Allen guys, Theo Weiss and then guard EJ and Domo O'Gar. And then Trajan Bridges, the other five-star uh, wide he's from Hebron. He's just an athlete. He was on You Got Mossed um, on the ESPN mm-hmm. segment. Like this kid can play. His stock has been rising every single he- event he goes to. He put his high school team on his back as far as he could uh they're going to be they're going to get thrown in and play as a true freshman Like you guys remember seeing cd play as a true freshman and he did good and he was really hopeful but cd was not he was about a point nine three, pretty good four star coming out of high school these guys are five stars these are different caliber kind of guys and if we get the right guy thrown to them you'll see how much skill they have
0: oh for sure and I feel like I feel like as a receiver it's easier to plug and play and just stick a stick a wide out in there, get some action going. I I think it's I think that um yeah, I agree. You're gonna see a lot of freshmen um freshman play out of uh out of Weiss and Bridges both. Those guys are going to be absolutely incredible.
1: And, um, yeah, and I I feel like you'll see more bridges next year. Uh I don't know if you get that feeling too, Bobby, even though the Bridges is not as highly ranked as Weiss. Weiss is the number three overall player, according to Rivals.com, not just wide receiver. But I, I feel like Bridges, he's more of a slot guy, and Weiss is kind of the what C.D. Lamb plays. So if C.D. Lamb decides to leave after next year, Theo can kind of take over that role. Theo's going to play either way, but I feel like Bridges is going to have a lot more opportunity in this offense that we run, and I feel like he's going to make probably the bigger impact.
0: Yeah, I've been a big Bridges guy. I think, I, I think I, well, honestly, both of them just You'll see you'll see a, a highlighter to pop up on your uh, timeline here and there, and you're just like, "Oh my gosh, like, what, what's going on here?" The, the these these two wideouts are some of the best we've had in a while. And it, when you look at it, uh, outside of CD Lamb, you don't have a lot of that five star talent on uh, with in the past couple of years of OU's greatest receivers. Sterling Shepard was a three star. D.D. We- uh, Westbrook was a JUCO transfer. Hollywood Brown, a JUCO transfer. So. They OU is I feel like has had to find kind of diamond in the rough type wideouts. Now we're getting those five star guys that have that raw intangibility that we can actually just develop, which is I'm just so excited about.
1: Oh, it's it's going to be great. And another guy that we have uh, in our receiving court, we got the some sites number one overall tight end in Austin Stogner out of Plano, Texas. He went to a little private school down there, Prestonwood Christian. He's he's a stud. He's six foot six. But he kind of plays that stereotypical OU tight end role. He's not going to play on the line and block. He's going to play like Mark Andrews and Calcaterra does. So how Calcaterra kind of played under Andrews and kind of got a little bit and had a couple catches that were big, I feel like Stogner is going to do the same kind of thing next year that um with Calcaterra as his mentor. And I think that's going to really work out well. He's very talented. This recruiting class, receiving core – we don't have to run the ball without good. That's how good they are.
0: Exactly. Like if we never, and I, I think it's okay because our our running backs are fine. We're going to be all right. We we got um we got that JUCO back. What's Ramondre, the name again?
1: Ramondre Stevenson.
0: I, yeah, Ramondre Stevenson, the number one JUCO back in the country. So we kind of we kind of fortified the uh the running back position a bit, but not nothing incredibly flashy yeah this is going this is going to be a team that's going to be pretty pass heavy can run the ball when it wants but i i I like that this team in this freshman clash has the luxury of not having to play immediately uh they're they're going to get some time to you know they'll get time they'll probably won't see a lot of red shirts with our our blue chippers but what you'll get to see is a lot of opportunity for the for these guys while also getting to kind of like let a Calcaterra take the lead, you know, let C D you know play more. And I, I think that's I think that's really big that we're not relying on playing these guys, but also giving them time and minutes where early playing time is a big, big selling point.
1: Yeah, and a kind of cool spot with this recruiting class is we did kind of go pretty hard on running backs at the beginning. You saw everyone trying so hard to go get Nokeane, who committed to Penn State over Texas today. That was really nice to see Tom Herman fail again on another guy. <laughs> but uh, uh, we have so we have Marcus Major from Millwood at running back, and we got Ramondre Stevenson out of uh, Nevada. That's a Juco guy, but we really kind of set it up to where we didn't want to get too much running back heavy in this class, and especially get a Juco guy that's older and ready to play next year because this twenty twenty class that we have with running backs is get to go through the roof we have guys that we have two current guys that are committed that are just stellar one um five-star and jace mcclellan the other one who should be a five-star soon jalen knight and out of florida uh and we're still recruiting other running backs like zach evans who's one of the top five players in the nation we've been going after hard i think Kil- kendall milton is another guy i want to say is he the see the defensive back or see the running back um, um. Yeah. Sure. Kendall-, no, Kendall Milton is the running back and he's a, a California guy and we've been really going after him hard to even though we have two running backs in that class we would not be scared to take three running backs in the next year class so that running back class this year in the 2019 uh, alludes to that who's going to be blocking for them we got a couple other guys but the two main ones Stacy Wilkins out of Arkansas and EJ and Domo Gar from Allen uh, I was worried about Stacy because he was our last guy to sign out of all of our early commits. And I thought there was like, oh, can he not qualify, all this stuff. But he's fine. He's good. He signed in. And in Domo Guard, he was the one guy that people came in saying that he might be our best chance of having him flip somewhere else. But he loves OU. He was just scared Ball might leave. Ball is not leaving. Ball does not happen to him to be a head coach. So we got... Now, all of our early commits to sign today, we have no one who's unsigned and still a commit.
0: yeah, that I think that is the thing that you should triple underline. We got all the guys that we said we were that we thought were going like sign, they stayed. keeping and retaining guys is huge. As you can see with the guy we got uh, we flipped from Arizona State, that's pretty big. I guess. I, Arizona State's not a powerhouse by any means, but flipping anytime you can flip a guy on National Signing Day, that's that's pretty huge.
1: And he was on. Um, so we're talking about, Reese, this was our last guy, and Ty D'Arman, Uh he was pretty much heading to his signing thing, to sign with Arizona State. And I, I'm guessing Lincoln kind of said, hey, um, dominoes fall down. When it comes to it, be ready. Have your Oklahoma gear in a bag. If you want to take our offer, we'll tell you right before. And that's what happened. And he showed up, and you can tell all of his parents had, like, if you if you saw the picture he was sitting whenever he was at the table, they are all wearing their, like, champion bookstore gear that they all just bought, like, really hastily before, you know. And, like, his yeah. grandpa had, like, the Oklahoma grandpa shirt on. His dad had Oklahoma dad shirt on. But he, you could tell he was, like, a lady because this dude just got offered to OU into a spot. And Ty Armin, for people who haven't looked much into him, I watched his tape. Um, one thing I can take away from him is why he might not be the most athletic prospect and might not have the skit, like the the jumping and the speed and everything. This dude gets down and wants to hit you. Like he is not scared to hit. And that is something our secondary has been extremely lacking. Everyone is calling for in the stands every single Saturday this year. He wants to go in and make a hit and yeah, maybe he won't play that much. Maybe he'll never play, but if we have a guy who has that dog in him that wants to go in and get it might as well take him as your twenty second player in the class, why not?
0: yeah for sure and you you want guys to go out there and, and and hit and get physical i I fully agree, and I feel like this class has made a lot of steps in tor- in towards getting those players that are are that level uh that that really I, our biggest issue was we we weren't getting the high high level of recruits that you you need to have a defense like that, and I think. One of, I think one of the biggest ones has to be. Um, I feel like Marcus Stripling, this new this uh, guy who just committed to, uh, to OU today. I think he is going to be a huge defensive uh, player for us. Not only that, but I, I feel like uh, Jeremiah Cradell, both huge commits today. I think those are those are the, kind of the two big ones that I think a lot of people are going to earmark as what OU did today.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, with Stripling, we actually had him. And eyes come out for him in January, I think it was January of last year. He had eyes. He's silent, committed. And while in between then, he kind of wavered in between us and Texas A&M, as of probably like earlier this month, he kind of came out and said, yeah, OU's my place. Kept it silent. No eyes came out. And then he committed to us today. So there's a big argument of there were three eyes since last night, um, that have came, and there's been three commits, but did Lincoln do a double eye or is this just another person that's in the waiting? That's what we'll have to find out and have to do the math later, but with Cradell, it was awesome, because if you if you guys watched the video on uh, Lincoln's reaction to whenever they got and you could tell how close that fight was. Like This was a 50-50. He was going through it all night, didn't know what to pick, and you could tell... On TV, he was really emotional. He like this decision was like a really, really big one. Uh, yeah, it is a big step looked, for him.
0: He looked emotionally drained a bit, but you could tell. I, I I absolutely love the video of Lincoln and all them just getting that hyped because I feel like there's there's no better there that 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 is the best thing that you could put put, put out there. Just a real genuine reaction to getting that excited about having a guy there. That you know you're not just you're not just another name. You're not just another. Another collection of stars to add to a list. You're they're really that hype about you.
1: Yeah, and another a note. I kind of put that in my notes. when talking about that video. Does that look like a coach who's ready to leave for the NFL? People putting out all this link into the NFL stuff. He would not be going crazy and running in the hallways for a commit to the 2019 class if he's planning on leaving. So to all exactly. those people that are skeptics, look at that.
0: Yeah. No. Exactly. Like it's it's. <laughs> It, it, it's just kind of funny to me that um, that everyone seems to think that the NFL is like it, is the job. Like, if you're not if you're not coaching in the NFL, you're coaching in the minor leagues or at a different level. It just because college football isn't the highest level of football doesn't mean that it doesn't pay as well as as college. It doesn't mean the NFL doesn't pay as well as college football because college football pays just as well, I think. And not only that, but I think Lincoln's job security is probably some of the best in, in the country.
1: Well, yeah. It, it, you, you see how quick an NFL job turns around and you get fired. You don't see that much with sports, um, with college football teams, uh, especially um, with USC as an exception. They kind of did it where they turn around and just turn into something horrible. But uh, with NFL teams, you'll see a lot of teams that were really good last year and just nothing this year. You saw it with the Falcons recently, and Green Bay Packers, Green Bay just fired their coach, and he won a Super Bowl a couple years ago. There's a very, very tight leash on NFL coaches, and with college coaches, it's a lot looser. Um, So't I, I think it's crazy for Lincoln to leave and we've had this conversation, but I think he believes in that too, after the way he's reacting. But for the people who don't know. Uh, Jeremiah Credell, safety out of modern day high school in California. If modern day rings a bell, it should because it is probably the best college. I mean, um, it's the best high school football team in the nation up there with St. John Bosco in California, as well as IMG Academy of Florida. Uh, he was their starting safety. ESPN, whenever they did this announcement this morning, they're a bunch of bozos. And we're, He's an athlete, according to ESPN, but they kept saying how he was going to get used in the slot as a receiver, and they're showing highlights of him on offense. It's like they had done nothing to research this dude. And uh, But no, he's going to be a safety for us. Some sites, sites have him at 5'11", some have him at 6'1". All in all, this is a high-end four-star ranked safety that we should be really, really excited about. Yeah,
0: ESPN listing him as an athlete was really weird. He, he, despite that, he—I think they ranked him as the fourth uh, yes. best ha- athlete in the class, which is—I mean, hey, that's impressive. But also, the guy—the guy's going to be playing safety for OU. We need—we need him at safety.
1: Oh, most definitely. And then the other guy signed today that Bobby was talking about is Marcus Stripling. That's a defensive end from Houston. Some people have him as high six foot four. others have six foot three. Uh, height really does matter when it comes out of defensive end Lincoln really is kind of keen on to six foot four plus guys um, something I think they made a really big emphasis in these next couple classes trying to get bigger guys that they can develop into a really good player uh, and he's just a stud uh, he is his ranking has dropped a lot since we got the silent commit of his a year ago but that shows you that he did have skill and there's kind of some work ethic issues there but if we can get him in his mode, he'll be a really good get.
0: Definitely, no, I, I I agree, and it's just this is just going to be a really interesting class. I think this is I can't remember the last time we had a class that was quite this good. Um, I, mean, I think last
1: year, <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, definitely last year. But like, how how high did last year get up to? Is something like it was, six it was, five? It was
1: around the same area. Uh, we were, I think we were nine. Last year, if I recall. Yeah. Um, but we were top 10 for sure. Yeah, last year was the first time we top or cracked the
0: top 10 in a while. I remember and I, that. I
1: think we're up to six right now on 247 Sports. Uh, we pumped it up a lot with the Stripling and Da'Armin signing. A little bit more on Armin. Uh We mentioned how he was an Arizona State flip, but I just kind of want to go into it. Uh, he was kind of this last resort thing since Jordan Battle. A guy that I talked a lot about um, in the recruiting corner. Uh, he committed to Alabama after Dax Hill flipped from Alabama again back to Michigan. I, I mean, wait, I. Wait, wait, could... what? He, oh, flipped you did? To Mi- he flipped back to Michigan? Yeah. So the storyline with Dax Hill is he committed to Michigan and then he flipped to Alabama like 10 or so days ago. And then this morning, my first notification on my phone when I woke up was Dax Hill flips back to Michigan. Supposedly, he flipped front to Alabama because someone got in his ear that they convinced Harbaugh was leaving for the Packers' job, which is completely fake. And wow. once he realized that was fake, he went back to Michigan, which left an open spot for Battle, which he had been waiting for for a long time. And Battle seized it and took it. Uh, we were hoping to push back Battle back to the February signing date. But once Dax Hill opened up a spot, there's no doubt that he was going to take it. And then our next guy we'd want to have with the commit um for the spot in the secondary was Chris Steele and Chris Steele is announcing on January 5th at the uh All-American game he pretty much took us out and said it's between Oregon and Florida so we pretty much told Ty Darm yep it's your spot now you want it and he dropped everything and took the Arizona State and I think that's kind of cool because uh that we got another safety and not a cornerback because I think that we could see Cradell of move into more like he could be a nickel and cornerback with as needed. Uh, I would kind of his, I, I feel like he's going to kind of play similar to that of Buki, Buki's role. I don't say I'm not saying his play style is similar, but I'm saying his role will be pretty similar. Uh, yeah, that's, kind, that's kind, kind of, of that
0: kind of nickel, uh, like safety ish sort of thing.
1: Yeah, and another thing is picking to arm and now is pretty much saying we're not going to try to go after. Uh, more secondary guys in this post early signing day period, which means Jalen Catalan, a guy that visited a couple weeks ago uh, not a, couple, a couple months ago uh, he's pretty much out of the conversation. he I think he's in between Texas and Arkansas. so we're pretty much wrapped up our secondary and it's I mean it looks pretty good. We have guys like that we already have with Jamal Morris and Jaden Davis. Um, I really like Jamal Morris. I think he's one of my sleepers. Um, for this class that could come in and make an impact because one, he's a six foot two guy. Two, he's an athlete. He returned p- punts for Fort Bend Bush in Richmond, Texas. And three, he's the one of his reasons that we really wanted him is he's a natural born leader. He has this kind of swag to him that really just he walks around with and he has a lot of confidence. And big bodied safety is confident is exactly what we need. Um, he might not have the higher rankings of all these other safeties we we're going after, but. Whenever you're OU, and we're just going through every single cornerback and safety that we have in our whole repertoire, and he gets a chance, I could see him solidifying it. I really yeah. do like him.
0: For sure, I, yeah, I like I, I I like the guys with an attitude that are willing to develop. That's pretty huge. Um, and I, I think my biggest my biggest takeaway, and I'll ask you yours next. My biggest takeaway from signing day to day is how good the defense did without the de- the defense. How good we – what am I trying to say? How good we recruited defense without a defensive coordinator. Absolutely incredible.
1: Yeah, it, it's crazy that we got Criddle in a 50-50 matchup versus Oregon. Oregon, a team that's been going really, really well, who's signing the number one overall player in the country in on Thibodeau, has a lot of momentum, and we still got Criddle. That's awesome. We got uh, we got our boy uh, Stripling. We've had him for a while, but still, that was a battle between Texas A&M. Um, somehow we got him without a defensive coordinator and we kept all of our guys. Like we said earlier, we didn't have anyone flip. No one flipped whenever Mike Stoops got fired. Uh, No one was overly worried. We were good. And we kept guys like Woody Washington's like a top 50 guy on rivals. He's a cornerback six foot out of Tennessee, out of Tennessee. There's no reason why he's really coming to OU except for like the program itself. There's no pulling factors of family, in proximity to home. He just likes it here. He kept it, even though we don't have a defensive coordinator. That's awesome. Uh, and especially all like the Cali Sooners and Jonathan Perkins, outside linebacker, we kept him. We pulled in Leron Stokes, a JUCO guy from northeastern Oklahoma A&M. I, I'm really pleased. We didn't get any crazy superstars on defense, but Cradell's pretty dang close. So we should be very happy.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. This is, this was a really good class, and one of the biggest things we were worried about when Stoops got fired is how is it gonna affect recruiting? How is it gonna affect us going long term? Well, recruiting wise, it seems like it 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 it, it, it did pretty good. It wasn't the end of the world. We might have missed out on a couple bigger guys and that we could have possibly gotten if, you know, we didn't have to fire our defensive coordinator, but in general I'm I'm really happy with how this turned out.
1: Yeah, I think if we had say so say if we had a defense coordinator, which guys we could have gotten, I don't think we could have gotten Chris Steele. I just think that he's really set on the SEC lifestyle. I I expect him to go with Florida on January fifth. I don't think he's got it in him to go into the Big Twelve after he started thinking about it. He really wants to go pro. And you don't see many cornerbacks and safeties go pro from Oklahoma as of recently, so that's fair. And with Jordan Battle, he seemed really dead set on. Alabama, and if there's a spot open there, he was gonna take it. I don't think a defense coordinator would have changed there. So we got really lucky with that. So I'm very happy. But my biggest takeaway um, from it is I mean, this is obvious and we're finally getting it to it here, is this Jaden Hazelwood and Justin Field stuff. Like this is really fun to like follow. So for all of y'all I haven't been really looking at it much, and it's a lot on insider boards. And I I finally caved and bought insider subscription to TFB. So if anyone reads that and has insider donor status there, you'll see a lot of the things I say is kind of echoing what they say. But for Jaden Hazel, if people don't know, he is top five player in the nation, according to Rivals.com, and he's a wide receiver from Georgia. Original Georgia commit, has strong family ties to Oklahoma. His dad's an OU fan and went here, and he decommitted – from Georgia about a month or two ago after a racial slur was said by a baseball player at Georgia. And I, that's, I mean, I don't know if that was the sole reason, but that really, he's really upset about that. So Georgia's is still in the conversation. It still made his top five, but I strongly doubt he's going back there. And then this news came out with Justin Fields. Justin Fields is the number one overall player in last year's recruiting class, according to ESPN. And he's wanting to transfer from Georgia, and there was rumors that Hazelwood w- was wanting to go to Georgia because he wanted to play with Fields. So Fields created his top three, and he said Florida State, Oklahoma, and Ohio State. Hazelwood's top five didn't have anyone in that list other than OU, but they reports say they want to play together. So do the math. Who do you think is where do they think they're going to go? It, it seems like it's OU, especially after
0: the success you've seen with how how transfers adapt to. You know, going into OU and working in the system, especially as quarterbacks, um, I honestly I'm probably getting way too hype here about it because I've mentally already assumed that we're getting both of them. Because look, I know I know Ryan Day is a quarterback whisperer. I know he's a good quarterback coach, but you know what? Like, I feel like Lincoln Riley's next level. When well, we got it going at OU right now, next level stuff, and. Um, I don't know. I just, I just have a feeling we're about to get both of those guys.
1: And, and I was thinking about this. Were I was looking for current Heisman odds for next season. There's no odds on Justin Fields. Can we get those odds like somewhere? Does someone know a bookie that's randomly has him at like some really crazy odds because he was the backup quarterback of Georgia? And oh, hop man. on that right now.
0: Yes, hop we need to-
1: on Justin Fields for Heisman. We thought it wasn't possible winning back to back, and we did it. Justin Fields is way better than Kyler Murray. And that's saying yes. something. And I know that's just crazy for y'all to hear. This kid is a once in a lifetime player. Like I said, the eighth best recruit since there have been recruiting services online. The eighth. This is unreal. He's a six foot three quarterback who can speed and he can throw it through like a pinhole. He's got accuracy. And if we've got Jaden Hazelwood, Theo Weiss, Trajan Bridges coming with him, along with CeeDee Lamb coming back, Grant Calcaterra, and Bill Belichick commanding our offensive line, I, I don't see any way he isn't going to be the the favorite coming into the Heisman, even with Tua returning next year.
0: It, exactly, it's,
1: it's a no brainer.
0: As long as you don't ask him to do any fake uh, fake punts for you, you're you're oh set. Oh
1: god, yeah. I, if I was <laughs> if I was him, that was probably the last straw. That was that was horrible. If my coach told me, "Hey, fake punt. We're going this." No, I'm on. Jalen Hurts go ninety yards, but. If for me doing my investigation on what I think, if Justin Fields and Jaden Hazelwood's coming to OU, I do think they are. Uh, I've heard some gooners online say that they think Justin Fields going to say where he's going before the Orange Bowl. I'm not so sure about that. Uh, we haven't heard any official news from him, like from the horse's mouth that he is transferring. His name is in the transfer pool, but you can put your name in the transfer pool and still return to Georgia. That just really? means he's looking. Yes. That that just means you're you're out there and you're investigating. He isn't act like actually severed ties with Georgia. He's going to, but it's not official. He hasn't said anything yet. But I was following Hazelwood's activity on Twitter, and I saw he recently followed Deft De- Deft Designs, and that's an OU Imaging thing where they make edits of um, for recruits and everything. So I would not be surprised if he did that, and they're working on an edit for him. Another thing. The new wave nineteen site, OU obviously thinks that it's a very good chance to get him because he has a web page already loaded and created for him, for have an album. So that means there's a decent shot. Uh, that, that everyone thinks is going to go. And another thing is crystal balls of all the insiders online on two four seven flooded, flooded the past two days. It started with Brandon Drum, the OU insider guy for two four seven, and then just everyone started going on now. He's the favorite to sign there. He doesn't want to go to Miami. And if you wanna if you want me to talk, do you want me to talk about this Instagram thing that he posted with Cam Newton?
0: Yeah, let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, so if you really wanted to read even more, here I am going through this guy's recent followers. I'm reading all these boards. This guy has been talking to Cam Newton. I guess they're their buddy buddies, their mentors or something. And <laughs> it's so stupid. So for all y'all know Cam Newton's bios on um Social media he types in those cryptic fonts like you know like like the ellipses and like the like the little dots above the O's and stuff like that but he does it for every single letter he types in. it looks, it looks like, so like it looks like so statements but essentially he's had he's posted a com- conversation in his dms with cam and he scratched out with black marker what school he was going to he's already decided he's already signed today um and if you really look into it, you kind of see Cam say something with an O and, like, says it doesn't matter if you go there or O something. Could be Oklahoma. and then be Ohio
0: State. Probably and, not.
1: Yeah. It could be Ohio State. So we don't know about that there. But it for, for sure said he doesn't want to go back to Georgia because he says he's got to get MF out of here. So uh, no way he's going back to Georgia. Uh, and Jaden's not going to Ohio State. Why? Because it wasn't in his top five. It That would be a complete out-of-nowhere thing. And I feel like they would have had to have a lot more communication and a lot of visits and rumors would have came out. Uh, he wasn't just going to do it just because Justin Fields put him in his top three. It had to be someone in his top five. Who's an O? Oklahoma. Signed, seal delivered. I'm very confident he's going to put our hat on on signing day on the 5th.
0: I agree. I'm excited for it. It's going to be an interesting saga to follow up until then. Um, hopefully, we're still playing football by the time he puts that hat on.
1: Yeah, uh, it's it's big. It's really, really big. And some people who are looking to find some negative, if you're trying to find some negative in us getting Hazelwood in fields, you all seriously need to stop. If that makes you feel good to be pessimistic, like come on now. We're about to get one of the best quarterback recruits ever and one of the best wide receiver recruits ever, both future NFL guys. To our team. I don't care if it breaks up and makes Rattler mad. I would rather have uh, Fields than Rattler every single day of the week. And oh, but Rattler has such good um, relationship with Theo Weiss and Trajan Bridges. You know what? Justin Fields is going to have a really good relationship with them. Because they're going to love having this guy throwing the ball. Uh, yeah. Imagine, it's, it's, imagine it's, how I, open
0: those three guys are going to get. There, there's no way you can cover all three of them at once.
1: No way. Yeah, it's... If you're trying to find, like, this is going to be bad for a class, no, it's going to be beyond. OU's offense is another breed of offense, and we know that. But if these guys come, if we have Justin Fields, Trayton Bridges, Theo Weiss for three years, probably Fields for two years. But if we have him for two years, the next two years playing, it OU's offense is going to be something where if we play this kind of defense that we're doing, we still win by 40 points every game. Like I'm not even exaggerating this. These, it's going to be amazing. Ou, we've heard time and time again. Just wait, we're going to be winning championships here in a couple of years with Lincoln Riley getting his classes in. It's speeding up, by everyone, y- y'all better hop on.
0: Yeah, and that, that's kind of the thing I've been saying all season. I, I've, I've, I've mentioned it multiple times. This is just the tip of the iceberg. This, this train's about to get moving.
1: And this, this is it's, we're about to hit the body of the train with Jaden Hazelwood and Justin Fields. That if they come next year next year will be one of the most fun seasons of football to watch of your whole life. Exactly. It's, it's, it's going to be crazy because people still haven't really locked on to Lincoln-Riley's offense. The thing is with offenses, you see a lot of trends go on. I've talked about this, like the Wildcats, the Spreads, the Diamonds, like that. Lincoln-Riley's offense right now is in a dominant trend. When, give it a couple years and there's going to be people who are going to figure out ways to defend it better. But right now it's unstoppable. And unless next year there's some big breakthrough, this it's, it's not, it's, it's not, it's not like gradual. This is, it's not going to be, I mean, it's gradual. It's not punctuated is what I'm trying to say. There's going to still be dominance from a Lincoln Riley offense next year. And with those players, it's going to be unreal. I, I could talk about it all day.
0: It just feels like we're about to enter a, uh, enter a era of just playing OU Texas twice every year. And maybe Iowa state sneaks in once or twice. But this OU team is—it's about to go nuclear, and I—I I cannot, cannot wait for it.
1: And I—we really, really hope our defense can put it together. I still feel like it's going to be suspect for the next couple of years, but we've got—we had a great D line recruiting class last year, uh, and this year we had another good D line recruiting class and some solid players in the secondary. Once all those pieces come together, you know how many people we have returning. We're next year. There's no excuse that we that if we're not better on defense. There's none. And especially with a new defensive coordinator, it's going to be new. going to be great attitude. Everything is going the Sooners' way. Right now, If I before I forget, for people that want to hear something that's negative that didn't go the Sooners' way, we didn't get Jordan Battle. Dax Hill flipped. There's some talk that if Dax Hill pushed back his signing, maybe we could convince him no way it wasn't going to happen. But the biggest one that we actually thought we were going to get and we didn't was a guy named Tommy Kennedy. Tommy Kennedy is a grad transfer tackle from Butler and we really wanted him and but he did he decided to go to Miami and that made me think why would he not want to come here and play at O-line U and then go to Miami he knows that he's not going to be able to play next year we have two tackles that are juniors that we don't know are going to go to the draft if he knew that that one of them was staying at least I I wouldn't come so that's kind of what I get the vibe from I bet you Bobby Evans or Cody Ford's going to stay because we didn't get, didn't get Tommy Kennedy.
0: It's it's probably going to be Cody Ford. I would think, I, I think, or I, I don't know. That's a, that's a tough call. I think, I, I think I would probably, Oh geez, I, that, that's tough. Cause now I'm thinking of which one I think would go quicker.
1: See, Shoot. I think Cody Ford's stock could raise higher if he stayed, but he has a higher stock right now, according to draft bars I've seen. But Bobby Evans is kind of like I feel like he's kind of he's really good. Don't get me wrong, very very good player. But I don't I don't see him getting any better than what he is right now. So if Cody Ford wants to bet on himself, he would stay. It would be stupid and, if Bobby didn't go.
0: I'll, I'll say this about Cody Ford: he, no, I mean, he, he, he one of his years. I guess it would be his soft is uh, the year he got injured against Ohio State and Norman. Yeah, um, out for the year. I can see the guy just being a little wary of injuries and going to the, going pro. Like his stock's already high. I, I, like you said, I think I think it's pretty much as high as it's going to get. Um, or no, 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 no. I, I feel he, like
1: he's got a lot of room tough, to grow because he's got a lot of room to grow because this is his first year playing true tackle. He's been guard and been thrown all the way around. Now he finally has a solidified place, and you could tell you could tell the growth that he had this season. He start off. It's true. A little okay, and now he's like on the best O line in the country.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's an upgrade, uh, or it's definitely a def- definitely a pretty big step up for the guy. But I don't know. It, it's it's been this this line has been impressive. I I thought it would definitely kind of take at least a bit of a step back after losing Orlando Brown, um, but definitely not like without a hitch. It, it's pretty in- impressive. But, so, yeah,
1: um, all in all, not getting Tom Kennedy is a good thing because that means we're going to have, I think, that alludes to us having like one returner uh, at that tackle, which is going to be big with losing both of our guards. We're very, very good at tackle in our class. We have a little bit of suspected guard. If there's anything to worry about next year, our offensive line isn't going to be as dominant, but that's all right. That's all right.
0: For sure. All right. So, last thing going forward, uh, we still have the the big the real national signing day which i guess isn't as big anymore because a lot of people sign early um what do you what other than the hazelwood um hazelwood fields thing do you think we have to look forward to like what's what's a big piece that you think could fall for the sooners between now and national signing
1: day okay so i've got about four guys names to watch now till february most guys sign early but there's a couple that stragglers. So my favorite name to say, David Oogawogaboo or whatever, he is planning yeah, on Oogawo. signing. Yeah, he's planning on signing in February. Bunch of crystal balls been coming in this past week for him. I think we've got him. Reports came in that even though he's visited Texas A&M a and couple times, he's still the f- – is still the favorite. We'll still keep in contact with him. But I very much see him um, coming in and uh, getting to be that Jack linebacker that we want. Um, another name, Danielson Ike. He's a tackle out of St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, we kind of have been keeping our eye on some St. Louis, Missouri kids. Uh, him and Shaman Cooper is an inside linebacker. Cooper and Ike both had offers, but there's um, some rumors that we don't know if Cooper has a committable offer. Uh, we do, we would like another linebacker in this class. I wouldn't be surprised if we, we go for Cooper. But Cooper has a 100% uh, crystal ball towards Illinois right now. So I'm not quite sure with him. But So I'd keep an eye on Cooper. Um, but if we don't get him, I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't take any other linebackers. But Daniel Sennike, I feel like, is a guy that we will get, though. He's a tackle. We need another tackle. Um, and he uh, has been very, very quiet through recruiting. It's a guy that we followed for the past year or so. Never really made any big moves with him. He just kind of staying steady. So, yeah, I think we get him. Another name to look after, this is probably the biggest guy that I would get the most excited about if we get but we're probably not going to get. His name is Enoch Vimahi. He's from Hawaii. Whoa. Yeah, he's a guard slash tackle. And he's a lot of crystal balls been coming in him for um, USC because he just recently visited there. But he's scheduled to visit with us here in January in a couple of weeks after the national championship, if we can win him over and he sees what we're doing here, bringing in guys hypothetically like Jaden Hazelwood and say, hey, we need some more people to block. You want to come? Maybe we might convince him. But we haven't done the best with getting kind of the Polynesian community and the Hawaiian community kind of guys. We fell recently with Jonah Tuanu, who's signed with Oregon today. And then the last guy, I don't know um, what's going on here with him. But we still might take another wide receiver and Brandon Pierce. He's the College of the Canyons, the same JUCO as uh, Hollywood was at. And he's supposedly just as fast as him. Barely has any offers, but we're still working to get his transcripts for some reason. It's like a 30-day transcript window we have to wait. So I don't know if we're going to go after him. We still haven't offered him yet, but that is definitely something we would look into taking if we want to just get a crazy speedster kind of utility and see what we can do. It's really going to be interesting now because we were going to take Hazelwood anyways, and now we got news that A.D. Miller is transferring. So I think now Brandon Pierce has a better shot of getting an offer from us because we have now that extra roster spot at wide receiver. So number one, number one, look for Enoch Vimehi. He's the guy your wish list, but he's not the most likely. Most likely out of those, David uka then Danielson Ike, and then I'd say Brandon Pierce three, and then Shaman Cooper being the least.
0: All right, that's exciting. Well, this has been a very fun uh, emergency and corner podcast. It's uh, how, how did it feel to get uh, get your own corner for a whole episode? Oh that was pretty man. fun.
1: you know how much I love recruiting. It's I mean, it's something I pop, hopped on a couple of years ago, and I never really did. And it's so fun that if people don't if, if people follow OU football but really don't follow recruiting, start doing it just like a little because you realize how much you learn about your team in the future. Like I know, I kind of get a feeling of what our team's going to be like in two years because I'm following and I know who these players are. And there's never a time where someone comes on the field and I go, "Oh, who's that guy? I've never heard of him." Because I exactly. follow this recruiting process. It's really fun. It's like a game. You never know what's going to happen. And there's always little developments, and it's twenty four seven, know, three sixty five. So you get over football the whole year.
0: And I'm al- I'm always bad with following it during the football season, but. I've been getting real into it, you know, now that we don't really have any football other than the Cherubundi Bowl or uh, the Boca – uh, what, what bowl is on? The Frisco Bowl.
1: Ohio versus over San Diego State, whatever that is. Yeah, mm, weird. Um, yeah, but, but anyway – Yeah, talk about that before we leave, Bobby. How is everyone doing in their um, bowl pick Oh,
0: Jameson, uh, I know you would like to hear that uh, <laughs> about that <laughs> – uh yeah no Jameson is leading. Um, in fact, I'm pretty sure you haven't missed one
1: yet. I have not lost, and Blake's bozo has only gotten two of the seven. Is it? I think is it is it two of the seven? And he picked San Diego State as well, which they're down ten zero to Ohio. I picked Ohio, so I'm looking to go eight now. If I went, if Ohio wins, I'm in the sole leader for the Schooner Blog Pick'em Challenge. What did I say, Blake? If you're listening. Oh yeah, you won the weekend spread. Okay, you came for pride, but whenever the big dogs come out for the money, you'll see me. I'm a defending <laughs> champ. Come on, guys, pick it up.
0: Yeah, I, I believe uh who else is in the running? It's uh it's Berios, shout uh shout my my dude Brian and uh Wilson's horny toads. So shout out uh Andrew Wilson there. So <laughs> Got, we you got some stiff competition there with the Wilson's horny toads.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, but sadly, he has picked San Diego State. So if they come back and win, I'll eat my words. But right now, I'm looking like I'm going to take this spot with a 10-0 lead with the Ohio Bobcats. Go oh, OU! Nice. Yeah,
0: yeah. We got it, got a root for all OUs, including the false orange or false green OU. But yeah, they're they're still rolling down the field. Thing. I saw uh OU, OU women's basketball is keeping it close with UConn right now.
1: There we go. Sherry Cole's got to keep her job. I'm telling you, that <laughs> girl is on the down. Um, but good for her. There's no way they win it. I, I don't care that they're keeping it close. What's the, Do you know what the score is right now?
0: Last time I saw it, was 14-12 to 12 OU.
1: <laughs> oh, well, there you go. There it is. <laughs> we, I think we should
0: just end it. We need to hang a banner. Led UConn 14-12 in first quarter. <laughs>
1: Yes, definitely. I, but yeah, I, 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 I feel like this bowl challenge thing though is it's it's going to get a lot more sticky come here later. And it's interesting because we're doing the, the not the confidence now. So
0: yeah, we didn't do confidence, which that that honestly plays in your favor more than anything because you don't have to. I don't know. You you don't get a random come from behind. I don't know. Pick like oh they're really big on Minnesota, and then yeah yeah but. No, it's pretty good, but alright. Well we're looking I'm looking forward to uh you know this uh class playing out, but you know what? It's time to break down some football. We're gonna do that later this week. We're gonna give you a ton of OU Alabama coverage. Almost enough to probably make it to <laughs> make it twenty-one hours to the bowl uh to the bowl trip. That's going to be an awful drive. Um it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time, so I'm looking forward to our, our coverage coming up soon. So keep a listen up, up for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And to all y'all making the drive to Miami, I wish y'all the best luck. It's something that I will not be doing this year. And I feel very, very poor that I'm not. But uh, it's a hell of a time. 24-hour car rides are something to really think about. And yeah, li- listen to us um, if you can. If you're listening to this right now, I guess it's really doesn't matter because you can't listen to us again unless you want to hear us again two times the way through yeah
0: but, yeah yeah we can you, can you can hear jameson say david ogologaboo a couple more times it'll be great
1: oh man i love saying that name and i
0: i really hope we get him so he can say ogologaboo all the time it'd be great
1: but i really need to look up how to say his name correctly yeah the the phonetics but
0: yeah all right well thank you so much for listening this has been a special crouton corner uh edition of the of the scooter pod. It's been fantastic I guess talk, not talk talking to you but talking at you. But we will yeah. see you in a couple days to break down the orange Bowl. It is good to be back. Jameson, thank you for coming on as always.
1: No problem. I love it. I had all this information I just had to spew out. It's
0: been pinned up for a while. Yes. But yeah, no, so we will see you soon. Alright. Goodbye and boomer sooner.